You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. Awesome Cadbury leads the way with two goals, including the game winner and an assist as the Flames improve to 5-1-0 and to start the season. Tonight, they defeat the Penguins 4-1. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good morning. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. In the afterglow of another Flames win. Where's DJ Khaled right now? Another one. And another one. Another one. And another one. I like when you do that in your Jerry Howard voice, though. In the afterglow of a 4-1 win. Yes, sir. There it is. There she goes. Jerry Howard's little, too. Yeah, he's I, a little man. Small dude. Incredible voice, though. Yeah, I could get that. I didn't when I met him, and I he's he was always super sweet to me. I I had to fight the temptation of asking him to record a voicemail for me. Oh yeah, I understand. Because when you have a voice like Jerry, Howard, sorry, George can't answer the phone. <laughs> Go f yourself. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, Wouldn't sir. Wouldn't that be great? He didn't pick up because he didn't want to. Who's yes, the, sir. Uh, Patty Dumont, weigh on this. Yeah. Who's the uh, Who's the voice in Calgary you'd like to have a voicemail? Voice in voice Calgary? Voice. Yeah. Oh, boy. George Cannon, right? I was thinking George Cannon would be one. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got I, a, I just love, I, I very bassy. George Cannon and Trailer Park Boys, if you ever remember that. He was in an episode of Trailer Park Boys, and yeah, that was, I don't, that was I the best. I didn't really watch. Oh, you didn't watch that? Okay. Trailer Park Boys, to All be right. honest with you. I know of Trailer Park Boys. He's in an episode of that. That was pretty fun. Okay. I don't know who I put. Maybe Peter Marr. Marr's yeah. a good one. Maybe um, you have to say, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. How about this one? I don't care. A little Sylvia. Oh, Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia would, would be great. Now, for how come I have yet to hear Sylvia on the post-game shows? She hasn't called in, I don't she think. She doesn't call in every Is time. Is she okay? No, he, Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Because I know there's always, Sylvia, there's a Jen in Toronto who calls into the Blue Jays. Mm. The Blue Jays could win 15 to nothing. They're on a 12-game hitting streak. And the Jen will be like, I didn't like Matt Chapman's at bat in the third <laughs> inning. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's how she sounds like. Yeah, my kind of hockey game. So Sylvia's like Jen in Toronto. Like, yeah. There's always... There's always Is a she little... negative a lot or no? Um, Sometimes there's a little bit... You betcha. Oh, yeah. He messes with him pretty good. See, that wouldn't be, that'd be okay to have as a voicemail. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. This is my absolute favorite. Talk's cheap. It takes money to buy whiskey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. We should have her on the show. (laughs) We have to find a way to get get her to. Sylvia, if you're listening, call call in. in. Call you in 403 You know it. So Everyone yeah. knows the text line. Everyone 960, knows. 960. <laughs> um, Flames with a big 4-1 win yesterday. Best start in franchise history, 5-1-0. Nazem Kadri continues to deliver the goods. Again, since I've been here, Flames have been on a heater. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just saying. Yeah, great. These are facts. Yeah. Facts. Oh, man, I almost wish it had gone the other way so we could. So we didn't have this listen, little. Uh, listen. We know Feather that in your cap. when it comes to um, when it comes to sports talk radio, it, it's a lot more interesting when the team's doing bad. Like in Vancouver, <laughs> like there's good times if you're a sports talk host in Vancouver. Yeah, it's pitter patter. Get after it because there's a lot that you could chew on there. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can go with that. Whereas like we were kind of sitting here yesterday and being like, well, the penalty kill's been good. Power plays putting up points, a couple muffins maybe from Markstrom, but overall, yeah, very good. And last night, another strong game from him. The blue line, but like they haven't had any injuries, knock on wood, that they've had to kind of work around. Rooney takes a puck in the chicklets yesterday, comes yeah. back for the third period. It does create better radio. Yeah, like when, winning's fun, again, but Barry Trot says yesterday that he loved to coach an original six team. We know that means, like, he, you know, <laughs> his original 16 was in a bit of a 
bit of a bit of a tailspin right Uh-oh. now, and the coach is uh, a little bit of on a hot seat. And everyone knows Barry Trotz, one of the best coaches in the NHL. But Flames right now on an absolute heater, five one and zero. Oh. And last night, third period, rocking chair. It's a betting terminology. Uh, when when your bet is so easily winning, it's a rocking chair win. That was last night for the Calgary Flames. That third period was a yawn fest. Markstrom didn't face a shot for 10 minutes. They just completely suffocated the game. Like, like you see in a movie when somebody's in the hospital bed and then like put the pillow over like, oh, oh. oh well, like that's, that's what that, okay. they, they just, yeah. su- they just suffocated the penguins yesterday in their hospital bed with a pillow over their face. That's what the flames <laughs> did. The penguins yesterday in the third period. Yeah, they did. They're, like there was a little bit of a time when the flames took that first penalty in the, fr- uh, in the early moments of the third, where I was like, um, you don't want to give this power play a chance to get back into it. Um, but then the kill was absolutely dominant, and it really felt like the Penguins were pretty content to take the L and move on to the free space on the bingo card that is Vancouver, their next matchup on Friday. Like, I don't know, and we talked about it yesterday, uh, you know, the, maybe Markstrom, maybe the top line. Yeah, the top line has yet to score five on five this season. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the only negative, but they, but they look good last night. I've liked what I've seen quite a bit. I thought that they were moving in the right direction. I thought Lindholm really had his feet moving, especially early yesterday, and that was good to see. There was a couple times in that first period where they're just so close to hitting Tyler Toffoli back door, where Lindholm and Huberto kind of have the vision that they know if they can hit him and and he's in stride and they can hit him in his wheelhouse, that's going to be money a lot of the time. So they're close. I thought yesterday was a step in the right direction for the forward group. You could tell Jonathan Huberto was trying to shoot the puck a little bit more, and eventually he got rewarded on the power play as well. Was he well. listening to our show that he needs to score and shoot it more? I think people were asking him about it in the uh, media veils a little bit too because uh, even after the game, Daryl Sutter kind of had a, a little bit of an offhand comment that maybe people will start stop asking about Huberto at least until Saturday now that he's actually scored a goal. And um, I don't know. I just think that being in a new team, being known as a playmaker, understanding you've got a couple of trigger men on your line, I understand deferring early. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, is if you become someone who's you know a lethal shooter, like we saw with Johnny Gaudreau in his last year here with the Flames, it makes it so that people can't cheat on your shot. They can't cover the pass rather than let you just walk in and shoot because they know that you're just going to put a little duster right into the stomach of the goaltender, right? That that There's a worry now if you can go in and you can score from other places like Johnny showed he could do later in his time with the Flames. Uh, Lindholm last night was an absolute monster in the faceoff circle, 85%. Is that good? Um, can we check that? Is that good, Is guys? That, I'm not good at math. That like, feels high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Um. Again, against some good guys on the other side. And it's not like the Flames have played the dregs of the NHL. Oh, no. These no, are, they, these are good, good Stanley Cup contenders like, outside of the Sabres, who maybe they took a little lightly, but full marks to Buffalo for that win. The Sabres came through and rolled up three or four of the yeah. teams on their trip. Avalanche, Oilers, Hurricanes, um, Penguins last night. The those, Knights. The Knights. Those are all Stanley Cup contenders. And the Flames have beaten everybody. It seems like all these games, maybe there's one period you don't like. Yeah, the second where they're outshot uh, 21 to 4 in the second period. Okay, fine. But the Flames already had the game pretty much in hand after that dominating first period. And Markstrom looked great. Markstrom was outstanding. He was great last night. Uh, Had that that one play in the. in the second period, I believe, where he missed it with his glove and then he made an incredible save uh, to back it up. He's been, he was terrific last night. And I don't think there's any question because they talked about it on the broadcast last night. I don't think there's any question. You got to start him Saturday against the Oilers. Like, yeah, as much as you were saying, you know, got to get Dan Vladar in for yeah. a game a week and all that he jazz. Needs, he that's, needs that's another great. shot at the Oilers. I would, yeah, I would yeah. trot Jacob Markstrom right back out there. Like, the thing was, you know, it was Dan Vladar who got the last start when they were up the road. It's been a while since Dan got a start. I believe it was the 15th was his last one. So now you're looking at about 11 days between action, game action for him. Um, closer to two weeks at that point. It's it's tough for Dan Vladar, but here's the deal. 
you're still the backup on this team. You signed an extension, that's true, mm-hmm. but right now Jacob Markstrom is the guy, and he's the guy that the team is going to ride for the season. I'm, there'll be times when the schedule gets a little bit more bogged down and it makes sense to bring Dan Vladar in, but the other thing, too, is this is three days off, and then you have a game, and then you have more time off. Like, you do that, and all of a sudden you're looking at, what, five, six days it's gone for Jacob Markstrom since playing? Like this isn't. I know it's tough on Dan Vladar because now it's like two weeks for him, but that's your job. Yeah. And Jacob Markstrom's job is to go in there every night and try and get this team two points. And he's put together a really nice last couple of games. There's, I, I, if if you watched the game last night, I don't think there's anything not to love with this Flames team right now. Uh, depth is the thing that's really caught my attention since being here. Obviously, the third and the fourth line contributing uh, and that's such an advantage in a salary cap era where every roster has holes in it and seemingly right now outside of maybe not having a true number one defenseman the flames don't really have any holes in this roster and I know they talked about it last night on the broadcast and that's the one thing for me I want to I really want to focus on the remainder of the season and watch can Rasmus Anderson turn into that true number one stud blue liner like because every Stanley Cup champion has that guy the last time that that hasn't happened when was that made the Hurricanes uh, way back when uh, when they won the cup beat the Oilers in 05 was that the last time even the Blues had Petrangelo before he left you name any Stanley Cup champion there's that stud defenseman on there and again people say well look at the Penguins with Latang." Chris Letang is a slam dunk Hall of Famer. Like, he's the going to the a, Hall of Fame. The dude is a stud. And he yeah. was, I thought yesterday was an average game for him. He got a lot better as it went on, but right. he's a stud player. And that, yeah. that's not up And by game. the way, I didn't see much from Crosby last night. Malkin either. was good, but Malkin I thought was Crosby good. was. Yeah, Crosby was quiet. super quiet last night. And I thought Backlund had a great game last night. And they're talking how engaged he is. And maybe early on in his career, Backlund would have would have handled getting Kadri here differently, but he knows what's at stake here. And I, if Michael Backlund isn't the best third line center in the NHL, I don't know who is. Like he's right up there. You look around the league, you look all look all thin. Well, you like, get to the bottom six. Like, I think is the, is he not like I. Even when you look at contenders around the West, like immediately I'm like, okay, the Oilers have RNH as their third line center, but do they? Because a lot of times they end up loading they, up that top six with yeah. McDavid and Dreisaitl and RNH. But when they can roll them out three deep, that's a pretty good setup. The Avalanche are nothing compared to what they were last year. Newhook is a young player who's a good player. Then you go to JT Comfer, both good players, but. Mm, I'd almost rather have Michael Backlund than JT Comfer in a lot of those situations. I think you look around the league at a lot of these teams, especially like the Avalanche and the Lightning who have been contenders for a while and have had to say goodbye to some guys. Like that third line center is one that, you know, they're in a spot right now where he's a luxury for them. Yeah. And he won't be for too much longer with that contract that he's on. And it's, I know we, we talk about a third line, but even look at the Lightning when Blake Coleman was doing stuff for Tampa oh, they were, Bay. That they were third incredible. line was amazing. What was a key to their championship. With Yanni Gord and uh, Barclay and Goodrow. When you can just roll out line after line after line in waves, and that's what the Flames like to do, and Daryl loves that forecheck. Oh, boy. Again, we, we saw it last night. Like, the Penguins just had no answer for the Flames' depth. And as long as this team, knock on wood, stays healthy, um, yeah, they'll, they'll be downs. Uh, it's a long grind, 82-game season. There'll be ebbs and flows. They'll hit a rough patch. But to start the season, I don't think you could have wrote a better script. But if I would have told you during the, the, the preseason, which felt like it was 1,000 games, if I would have told you, hey, team's going to be 5-1, and one. these are all the teams are going to play, you'd be like, I take it. I take that right away. Absolutely. That's a fantastic start. Oh, without a doubt. And I think that the other thing that I look at here is – you know, the the opposite. If it had gone the other way, you know, you're looking at this and you're saying, well, it's an eight-game homestand. It's pretty good. And, you know, that's a nice way to start the season. If you're winning, if you're losing, if this is anything like the Canucks and all of a sudden you've got that type of energy around your team and around the city, then it's a completely different story. Like, I think that the importance of this team starting good this year 
was massive, and they've delivered on that fully. You got one loss in regulation against the Sabres. That's fine. You can move on with that. And you've racked up some wins against some very, very strong teams. Yeah. Some great teams who maybe, you know, there's stipulations to every game and whatnot. But in the end, you went out and, and you were able to beat all these teams. Marstrom was great. Huberto finally scores on the power play. And the power play is looking better and better. And we know that the penalty kill has been fantastic, too. <sighs> Just suffocating uh, teams. Uh, Tanev, I thought, was great last night. Yes. Made, made up a couple mistakes uh, here or there. Cleaned some stuff up for the Flames. I thought Tanev was great last night. He is outstanding. I do feel like teams are maybe letting him handle a puck and shoot the puck a little bit more than usual just because, you know, he's coming back from shoulder surgery that probably hampered him for the whole offseason. I don't know how many how many times he was in the gym doing curls as he's recovering from this pretty serious injury he had. I, I wonder if there's going to be some time to kind of build up that upper body, that shot strength that we've seen from him in the past. But right now, dynamite. Playing so well, shut down defensemen does a really good job of just smothering out rush attempts. I thought he was really good yesterday. What's more impressive, the fact that he was so good last night and cleaned up a couple of mistakes by the Flames in front of his net, where he plays with double bubble in his mouth the whole time. Isn't that great? Like, yesterday was one where I kept noticing it. Yeah. But, like, I, it's something that I've always loved about Chris He doesn't wear a mouth guard. No. And you can tell because uh, his teeth it, have, have seen some things uh, playing in the NHL. So Jacob Markstrom used to have his teeth on his mask, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> because he wanted like r- r- raggedy chiclets, right? And he was like, "I know the perfect guy who has blocked shots for me for decade. Let's get his chiclets on my mask." Yeah, so that was the old one, and yeah, now he just he just zips around there, and like you mentioned, it's bright pink. Yeah, probably double bubble, crushing it. Could be hubba bubba too. Could be hubba bubba, but I think it's double bubble. And Can you get Hubba Bubba out of Halloween season? Like, how many guys in the NHL are playing with gum in their mouth? It's... I don't think there's too many. This like, isn't baseball. No. <laughs> no, it takes... You're breathing hard out there. You're skating hard. I wonder I, how many guys are playing in the league with gum in their mouth. Because I know, like, even, like, again, Matthew Kachuk. Does anybody chew their mouth guard like Matthew Kachuk? No. It's, 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 even, it's, it's outside. It's whatever. It's, it it's, never falls out of his mouth. never falls out of his mouth. But it's, and, and it's never really on his teeth at the same time. No. That's kind of the same thing. But Danev just, with those chiclets, just chomping on that gum while he's playing in the NHL. Like, even in beer league, can you play, can you chew gum no. while you're playing beer Are league you hockey? you me? That... It just, it creates such a, a relaxed look to everything that he does, right? Yeah. Like, in Yeah, he made that great play. He's chewing gum and just makes a nice little pass out of the zone. What if he blew... While he's chomping on that gum. What if he blew bubbles? That would be... Uh, that. <laughs> we need to get him on the show and ask him if he could blow a bubble for us during the play. I'm sure Daryl would not appreciate like that. Like, after he scores? Yeah. Just that, a big... That his, that's his celly? Like, he... Just a big pop? Yeah, can are you able to do that with gum? I for some reason it's Can I blow a bubble with yeah, gum? I can't. Yeah, I've I never can. been able to do it. Really? Yeah. That I, feels really? Yeah, it's like a skill I've just never been able to you master. Just don't have good tongue control. You could say that. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Mhm. But yeah, I would love to see him. That would be his celly blows a giant bubble. I think it'd be great. I I'm glad you brought this up because I was noticing it yesterday and I yeah. was going to ask if you'd the, ever seen anybody else who does right. this. See these, see, these are the things I notice during games. <laughs> that's why, that's why I'm such a mediocre broadcaster. <laughs> I notice these things. I'm like, wow. I go, he's really playing with gum because I know a lot of guys chomp on their mouth guard. Yeah. But actual gum. And that's not easy during the play from time to time. He's like, chewing during the play during the break. You can really tell that's when he gets a lot of the work done yeah. in between faceoffs. I wonder how many pieces he goes through in a tilt. Like, do you think he just wears that stuff down to the, like, you know what? We got to like Dave Dickinson is joining us at the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. We got to ask him, did he ever play with gum? Like, cause again, a lot of guys, a lot of football players wear mouth guards. Some don't, which is which wild, is, which me. is wild in football, especially because it's, supposed to help with concussions i guess it, it helps because your teeth clack together and then it creates like abrupt movement and the brain rattles back and forth but if you've okay. got the mouth guard it doesn't go clack it, it goes, cushions the it goes thud okay 
Yeah. Um, Frank Saravalli joining us later, too. Got to ask him, how many guys in the league are actually chewing gum while they play? Frank, do you ever chew gum when you do a show? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's you. if you and I were chomping on gum, during, you would probably hear it. It it's would, not, it's it not be, like when, it would be egregious. Yeah, it's not like when Elliot's on Merrick's show and he's eating lunch the whole time. That's, yeah, that's different. That's fine. That's yeah, part of the you bit. You can hear it. Yeah, you can hear it because Elliot's a busy guy and he's got to. He's got to. Guy's got to eat. He's got to live. Got to eat sometime. Right. Guy's got to walk. It's, it's at noon gotta... Eastern. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. It's lunchtime. It's lunch. It's lunch. But Tanev uh, chewing gum. I think it's awesome. I, th- I think it's an incredible athletic accomplishment and feat. Like just go to your beer league and try to chew gum while you play. Be impossible almost. Uh, yeah, go gum in the warm up. Yeah, go out there, chew gum in the warm up, and then do it in the game. Oh, and just be one of the best shutdown defensemen and play against the best guys yeah. on the other guy's team every single night. Go ahead. Yep. Good luck. Um, it gets com- clobbered behind the net all the time. <laughs> like it's just when you watch that game last night, that I there was there was you, you felt no stress, no worry that the Penguins were even going to remotely challenge in that game. No. The third period, they were they they were out in. of gas. They yeah. were... It was not a great performance. Like, after Markstrom shut the door on a 20-shot period, when the Penguins had also... Like, the Flames put up 21, I think, in the first period. They also allowed 26 in the second period up in Edmonton the night before. Like, Edmund, Pittsburgh's played some bad periods of hockey lately. But you go out in the second period, you throw up a 20 spot, and Markstrom stands tall for basically the entirety of it, minus one on the power play where he had no chance at. Malkin with a really nice play to just reach out and kind of slap that home. Uh, not double bubble, berrylicious Nicorette. I don't think it's that one. <laughs> I don't think it's that one. You think he's chewing Nicorette out there? He's really got to get his Nick fix in? <laughs> He's trying to quit. <laughs> is he? Is he? I don't know. Or is it just that he can't go? Yeah. Um. Got one too. That's some old school. Uh, Colleen Jones, the curler, <laughs> chews gum like a uh, when curling and behind the. Okay, curling's a lot different than skating in a professional hockey game. It's completely different. Yeah, curling. Curling. Listen, you should Ed Wernick, the legendary curler, the wrench used to used to curl with a glass of scotch in his hand. <laughs> I'm sure you can chew gum if you could have a glass of scotch in your hand. There's a lot. There's a big difference between playing in the NHL while chewing gum. Somebody, Phil Kessel, chews gum. Okay, like that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard that mm-hmm. Phil Kessel chews gum. What's that? He has a slice of pizza during the intermission too. That would be surprising. That would be a little bit more. Found surprising out he doesn't like that. the taste of water. Yeah, that came out yesterday. Did you see that? No. Apparently, Phil Kessel doesn't like the taste of water. He likes blue Powerade. Again, least surprising thing ever. Yeah. Phil doesn't like water. Okay. Well, that's surprising. Because Phil looks like he's the picture of good health. Yeah, no, that being guy su- looks like... Being such an elite professional athlete. Yep. who just played his 990th game in the NHL last night. He's officially the NHL's new Iron Man. Good for Phil. Phil Kessel. Um, we've gone 24 minutes and really haven't talked about Nazem Kadri. Very good. Not gum, though. No, no gum. No uh, gum. He just continues to be awesome mm-hmm. for the Flames. Continues to drive that line, and you continue to try to name it the Tenacious Three. You're really trying. I'm doing my best. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna happen. It's gonna. That's catch fine. Up. It's gonna be a little cult thing. I'm gonna have my followers. We're gonna love it. That's and, fine. And like ten years from Make now, shirts, whether... Maddie, you have to own this. Yeah, I'm going to. Don't worry. And then, as like ten years from now, everyone will be like, "Man, that was such a good nickname." Like, I just wish that we had used that more. You know, no. Okay, that's fine. No, like I, he's <laughs> he's just so good. I can you think of a flame recently who has been this tenacious? Uh, okay, he's been very. The line is very tenacious. Yes. And um, can you think of a free agent signing who has had a bigger impact so early in his Flames career? <laughs> in his Nazem Flames Kadri? career? Yeah. Oh. I'm not saying overall in the league. I'm talking Flame, Calgary Flame free agent. Who comes to the city, like wins a Stanley Cup, kind of throws all of his baggage behind of being a liability in the playoffs because, as I've mentioned before, he got traded from the Leafs because he loved to play for the Leafs too much. Yep. That's why he got traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes to Colorado, has that beautiful, uh, after winning the Stanley Cup, all the doubters to him, kisses, you know what? 
and he's come here and he's absolutely delivered. Alex Tongay was really good when he came here. Like he like maybe not as like Nazem Kadri though, but Alex Tongay was a free agent that in the last like fifteen years I remember that when he came in here, put him on that top line, and he was killer. That's about the best that I could do either. The only other guy that I'm pondering here, and I'm just trying to see how he started the season. Hoodler? Jacob Markstrom. Okay, Markstrom, all right. When he came to this team in 2020-2021, he won his first four starts and only allowed nine goals across four games. So that was a great start as well, but a little bit different. I would say forward-wise, you know, you look at what this team has done as far as bringing in free agents. It's been Blake Coleman, who Mm -hmm. I've liked, but nowhere close to this type of production. No. And he wasn't expected to. Um, James Neal, who was kind of expected to and was not. Uh, Troy Brower. Um, those are kind of like the recent bigger name free agents this team has brought in. So the easy answer is definitely not. Yeah. Like, not even close. The only one I can come up with is Jacob Markstrom. And you could probably lump Chris Tanev in there because he's always been good, but he ever, never had the counting stats like Kadri's putting up right now. The one guy I would say would be Jacob Markstrom that's close, but like this is six game points straight start season. Like Patty was talking about it, I believe I want to say it was the intermission on my way home from the game yesterday between the second and the third. Which is your move. And he it is my move. And he was saying that he is very close to tying a record for mo uh, the longest point streak by a newcoming player to the team. And it's a record that was set by, like, Guy Chouinard and guys like that, like, back a long time ago. This is significant. It is. And he's a guy who, again, brings that resume of being a champion now. And he comes here, and what what did he sign up to be? The second-line center. And he's been Calgary's best player this entire season. I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any doubt. And he just creates every time he's on the ice and the plays he makes in the, in the D zone too have been super impressive. He's just been the absolute complete player. And that's another thing that I keep talking about with Nazem Kadri and you see flashes of it. Like his skill is underrated. His hands are a little underrated, how incredible he is with the puck. And yeah, he looks awkward a little bit on the ice, the way he skates, but man, that guy gets down the ice pretty damn quickly. And that line has absolutely meshed. And they have gelled so well together. And even the opening goal was such a beautiful play, such a great pass from Anjapani from behind the net. Relentless. Yeah, relentless forecheck. Kadri finished it. It's on his stick for a split second, and it's in the top corner. Like, just, he has been everything they have asked for him and more. And if you're a Flames fan this morning, like, you have to be super excited. It's like, can we please fast forward the season and get to the playoffs <laughs> to see what this team is going to look like in the playoffs? Because... As we know, uh, guys like Johnny used to wilt under the pressure, even from the outside uh, watching this team. Oh, here he goes. Here's another playoff failure for Goudreau and Kachuk kind of disappearing in the playoffs. Kadri's not that guy in the playoffs. He hasn't been that guy in the playoffs. As long as he keeps his head, which he did with the Avalanche. She's done for her last couple of years, really. Sure, he had that incident with Bennington, which was (laughs) a little... Just ask Blues fans. A little dodgy. A little dodgy, the incident with Bennington. But if you're a Flames fan waking up this morning, the team's 5-1, and one, and as long as they stay healthy, can we please get to the playoffs? Because I can't wait to what this team does. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And you look at it, it's, it, it, one of the things that I found intriguing was, you know, you compare the Penguins and the Flames roster. There's not a lot of guys on ELCs. This is a team that's designed to win. There's not a lot of guys who are developing in the NHL right now on the Penguins or on the Flames. Really, the one guy for the Penguins was Sam Poulin. He had a pretty tough game. Yeah. Turned the puck over to Kadri when he scored that shorthanded goal. Took a penalty that led to another goal later in the game in the second period. So that's that's the goal of these teams. And we're seeing... A lot of the veterans already being acclimated, ready to go this season. I think one of the most impressive things for me um, that's kind of a, a an offshoot of what Codge has been able to do has been the play of Dubé Manjapani. I fully would have questioned if they would be able to kind of stand up to the, to the task. I wasn't saying that there was no way that they were going to do it, but I wasn't sure about it. Mm-hmm. And Dubé Manjapani have shown... A, that they have chemistry still from, you know, the last few years that they've played together, whether it be on a line or whether it be on the PK, whatever it is. 
and they can be relentless. They're both good on the forecheck. They're both fast. And, and that's maybe something we're not talking enough about. Maybe Kadri can help, especially a guy like Dubé out. I think to develop his to help him even take the next step immensely. Yeah, especially as you get into some more of these divisional games and things get a little rough and tumble. Kadri's going to be a guy that makes you right into the the mess of things. And I think Dubé and Mountjapani are two guys that have never backed down, but also like you never played with Kachuk where almost every other end of a whistle you're finding yourself in a scrum because he snows a goalie or he bumps someone from behind the kind of sketchy mm-hmm. like that's the type of stuff that you're gonna i wonder if we'll start to see as the season goes on get them a little bit more engaged in that way and really start to get under the opposition's skin but also be able to produce at a rate like they've been able to um there was a play in the second period that uh it, it immediately brought us back to our conversation with jason uh, bukala yesterday yeah the one play where um, Huberto's on the boards and he's really battling. And, uh, oh, yeah, against two guys? It. Yeah, Kelly Rudy talked that's a very tiring shift and the competitiveness. And yeah. it, it, it automatically popped in my brain exactly what Bukula talked about. Uh, something that we don't talk enough about when it comes to Huberto, his competitiveness. And that little, again, yeah, the shot was great. It was a laser beam wrister. Finally scores his first goal as a flame. I get all of that. Some of the passes you were making were great. But even that little snapshot of him battling in the puck in the corner was uh, encapsulates on what Jason was talking about, what a complete player Huberto is. And that's part of a game that maybe we need to start paying attention more to. Yeah, and it's... It was really impressive. That exact moment, I, I remember it vividly. It's right at his own blue line. He's trying to get the puck out. There's two penguins that are pressuring him, and he fights through it. He has kind of that stride where his knees get really high when he skates, like almost like he's running, and you could just tell like he was just battling and eventually wins it, gets the puck to Lindholm, creates a, I don't know if it was an odd man rush going the other way or what it was, but I know the exact play that you're talking about, and I was thinking the exact same thing, like, that is what you look at. And I also thought about the competitiveness after he did score the goal because the celebration. And I don't know, a lot of people are like, whatever, it is what it is. But you see a guy like that, he really emphatically celebrated the goal, appropriately so. First one as a flame at home, big moment. But I was like, yeah, that's a competitive guy right there. Because a lot of people, you know, act like you've been there. It's a goal in, what, game six of the regular season? Yeah. Let him know. Uh, it's October, and those guys are playing that way. And it's just, back to my point, can we please fast forward to the playoffs to see what these guys are going to do mm-hmm. in these Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, we have a, usually you guys say we have a busy show. No, we have a busy show for reals today. Oh, it's jammed. Uh, it's jammed. Uh, Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach at the top of the hour. Got to ask him, how do you prepare for a game that's essentially meaningless? Like how do you how do you manage that? You got the riders who are battling for jobs, which is always the oh sure. we're out of the playoffs. His brother it's our might last be battling game. for a job too. Craig Dickinson definitely battling for a job. The head coach of the Rough Riders. Um, yeah, and and the other thing too is they've got some guys coming back from injury that I'm intrigued about. Like, what's the balance between you've been on six game, get a game in, and ah, we'll just have you for the playoffs, right? What's the balance? We'll ask Dave Dickinson that. Um, Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet, going to join us at 7.30. Uh, I want to ask Timmy this. I want to get his take on the fan bases in this country. Oh. And who are the most ruthless fan bases? Mm. And who are maybe the easiest on their teams? Because Timmy does a great job of covering every team around the league on his show. And I want to get his take on who's the most ruthless fan base. It might be in Vancouver. Because they do a good job of really getting the, the fans involved with that program as well. Yes. You'd have a good handle on it. Because I think in Winnipeg, they're just happy to have the team back still. And they're like, yeah, we, we, we're, just, we're just glad we have NHL hockey We just need something to do every night. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because it's, it's such a depressing and, de- and, and just desolate outpost that we need something to do in Winnipeg. But like Vancouver, they're ruthless right yeah. now. In Toronto, they get the fans get a little crazy in Toronto. Montreal, too. But Vancouver, I think, could be the ruthless. We'll ask Timmy that. Frank Saravalli, uh, he's going to join us today. He can't join us tomorrow. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. And it's entire for the Daily Faceoff. And uh, I'm, already, I'm already ducking the text messages right now. Matt Devlin, the voice of the Raptors, is going to join Let's us at 8.30. Go. And again, this, I'm, 
I again, uh-huh. we're a team here. Uh huh. I I will take the arrows first because it'd be like <laughs> stupid Toronto George wanted to talk Raptors. I didn't even bring this up. It's correct. Producer Patty Dumas wanted Matt Devlin yep. for a Raptors guest on. He's Matt Devlin. Yeah, like great hair too. Only second to Buck Martinez. His kid got drafted into the NHL for you know that's yep. awesome. Jack, for, I believe for his name. what? Yeah, the I was going to say for sea sakes. <laughs> okay, uh, we got lots to come. Uh, we got Matt Devlin, Tim McAuliffe, Frank Cervalli, Dave Dickinson, and the Rose Report straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan at the top of the hour. Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach. So, Dave, how do you prepare for a meaningless game? Against the Durs. And we got to ask him about the Calgary Flames, who are 5-1. and one. I'm sure he's excited. Yeah. I'm sure he watched the game last night. Yeah. Probably. In between watching game film? Yeah. Like, he knows it's, like, ah. it's interesting, right? Because, like, you're playing the Riders, who you played last week. And, like, do you yeah, really, really want really to start preparing love, for playoffs? Love that scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> lot of it this year <laughs> where a lot of back-to-backs yeah like i nothing like playing the riders the last two games of the season which i love but there should have been a third one earlier on so that these yeah. teams at least had one game that was worth something uh we'll talk to him at the top of the hour but first uh as usual uh we got to see uh, we got to give you the complete breakdown oh yeah of what happened last night uh-huh. between the flames and the penguins with the rose report and it's brought to you by motorworks exceeding all expectations bmw repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Happy hump day, friends. Happy morning report time. Nazem Kadri. Oh, well, he's helping the Flames to another win yesterday. If you play on anybody's team, be a good player. <laughs> Phil Kessel sets a new Ironman record. Phil? Plus, we got some prospect notes. Phillies, span- Phillies fans spending some cash. Some honors awarded to a couple of stamps, and the Raptors are back on the court tonight. So, let's get after it. The Flames welcome the Penguins for their fourth game of this eight-game homestand. The Flames looking for back-to-back wins while the Penguins trying to avoid back-to-back losses and back-to-back nights. No changes for the Flames lineup. Jacob Markstrom starting and the line staying the same. As the Canes game back on Saturday, Casey DeSmith getting the call for the Penguins with Tristan Jari starting the game previously. Uh, strong in the first as the Flames absolutely peppered the Penguins net with shots early. They actually led 13-1 in shots before they finally broke through. Uh, shot off a body and wide. And now Dubé leaves it down low for Majapani. He centers Kadri. Scores! Nazem Kadri puts the puck right into the top corner of the Penguins net. Flames get the early goal, the tenacious three, all chipping in for Kadri's third goal of the season. Just trying to make it happen. He's got a point in each game so far. It's a six-game point streak to start the season. Relentless on the cycle, they get rewarded. And yes, I am trying to make it happen. That was that was a beautiful play, too. They, they had the puck below uh, Pittsburgh's goal line. They you were felt dominating. It was coming. And that pass Majapani made... <laughs> The Kadri was a thing of beauty. And Kadri puts it right under the bar. Like, and you have it. to get that puck right under the bar yep. or that's a stop. That's right. And it was on his stick for a split second. Great job. The Flames got running around a bit near the end of the frame. Ended up with Trevor Lewis getting dinged for a hooking penalty, but a strong kill for the Flames, which actually led to another scoring chance. Poulin turns the puck over at the Flames line. And here comes Kadri the other way. He races it up the right wing side. Shoots and scores! Nazem Kadri! with his second goal of the first period. 2 nothing as the penalty expires. Evgeny Malkin would ring one off the crossbar before the end of the frame, but the Flames took a 2 to nothing lead into the break. They dominated that first period. They really did. They, they were relentless. The forecheck was relentless. And outside of Malkin, maybe, who had a couple nice flashes, Sidney Crosby was invisible in that first period. I agree. Uh, that line, though, with Raquel and, and Carter, I like the potential, perhaps. Jake Gensel not playing is the big loss for the Penguins. Don't kid yourself. 20-6 to f- six were the shots in the first period. In the second, Flames to the man advantage early on. Sam Poulin taking a penalty, and they look to extend. Kadri's got two 
Gets the draw, Huberto shoots and scores! Jonathan Huberto snaps the puck. Bar down and in. His first goal as a flame makes it three to nothing. Face off one. Yep. Gets to the top of the circle. Nice screen. I'm going to put this on net. Top corner. Blocker side. Bingo. First goal of the season for Jonathan Huberto. Uh, Lindholm, by the way, was an absolute monster in the faceoff circle yesterday. 85%. That's Gross. pretty good. Gross. Um, everything that we talked about yesterday. Oh, what are you concerned about? Top line. Jacob Markstrom. Huberto hasn't scored yet. Yeah, everything kind of... Everything worked last night. Yeah, I know the top line has yet to score 5-on-5, five five, which is fine. But that laser beam from Huberto, you could see a little bit of relief on his face. Kind oh, of yeah. get that out of the way. It's always toughest to get that first one. And what a beautiful shot that was. Lindholm was 7 for 9 in the face-off circle against Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby all night. Is that good? I think that's good. I think that's pretty good, George. Uh, funny, after the game, Jonathan Huberto was asked about what he was saying to Kadri on the bench after he had scored his second goal, wondering if it was like a, hey, now it's my turn to go get one, that type of thing. But Huberto said, nice shot. Nice muffin, probably. Called Kadri shot a muffin. Yeah, it wasn't the most powerful, but like Kadri said, hey, I put it where I wanted. Yeah, it kind of rolled up on me a little bit, but I, I shot it where I wanted to. So, I mean, hey, uh... <laughs> You know, he's 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 good. He's, he's good for a couple of muffins too. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> it's fun when you're winning, George. It is. it is. You gotta love hockey player speak too. Hey, it's the best. Look at him. You know, he's 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 good. He's, he's good for a couple of muffins too. Don't let yeah. him fool you. All right. <laughs> Pretty good. Times three. are good when you're five and one. Yeah, and they were up three nothing, but then they weren't. Uh, they would score a power play goal. They being the Penguins, if yep. Kenny Malkin gets a rebound, Michael Backlund and Lindholm go on a two on one. I like the play by Backlund. He shoots for a rebound, but the rebound misses Lindholm, and him and Lindholm are burning towards the boards. All of a sudden, odd man and- rush the other way. And Malkin buries the rebound. And, and that is such a, a smart play. I, I know what he was trying to do there. And we see a lot of that in the NHL now. You kind of try to bang it off his pad. Yeah, well, yeah. Not in a shorthanded two-on-one. Sure. I love the play. But you're also up 3 nothing. Sure. I don't think he does that in a one-goal game. Very true. Um, 3-1 after that. Into the fourth we went, into the third we went, where the Flames would restore their three-goal lead with their fourth goal. Richie now, near side to Lucic, right point to Stone with a shot, he scores! Michael Stone with a slop shot from the right point, finds the five hole of Casey DeSmith, and makes it 4-1 to Flames. Yeah, that'll work. 89 miles an hour. Yeah. It looked like it hit something in front. It, it looked like maybe, no, but he just ripped it, and Michael Stone continues to score goals. Yeah, I feel like I have a sudden urge to buy a Chevy all of a sudden. No, he shot. It was 89 <laughs> miles an hour. And I love the fact that they show his shot speed. And that thing, again, right off his stick, shooting at 89 miles an hour. Flames did get caved in on shots in the second period, 21 to 4. It was the pushback by Pittsburgh, and that's what veteran teams do. But then uh, the stone goal was actually late in the second period. So they led 4-1 into the intermission. And then crickets. Not much going in the third for really either club. Yeah. Thought the Penguins really kind of mailed it in in the third yeah, period. Calgary, Looked like they were ready to go to Vancouver. The Flames put the Penguins in the sleeper hold and went, <laughs> and just put them to sleep. Quiet. That's just what they quiet. did. But Markstrom didn't face a shot for 10 minutes in the third. 10 minutes. Down th- down 4-1. Good night. Two more goals and an sleeper. assist for Caudry. So what did he think of the game? I think good start. Uh, that's probably you know what did it for us. I think we came out hot. Um, you know, I'd like to see us have a better second period, but um, you know, for the most part, we stayed with it. I like Had a great start, and that's uh, like, definitely a, uh, you know a positive sign. Like I get it. That's a Daryl Sutter no, team. No, but we we've seen this against the Avalanche. We've seen it against the Oilers. We saw it last night. You can't dominate every period like way the Flames have done in stretches this year. It's just impossible. And then when you get up so many goals. It's just human nature. There is a little bit of complacency that kicks in, and the Penguins are a good team with a lot of Stanley Cup champions riddled throughout the entire lineup. That's what they do. They add a little pushback. 
Like, the Flames can't play like they did in the first period, every period of every game of every season. It's impossible to do that. They already put the game out of reach. Thing was pretty much over. Oh, yeah. But it's Daryl Sutter team. You got to say, okay, was right. it good? You got to. Yeah. You can never just oh say God. we were great. It's not that easy. We have to win every not period of every game. Easy. I know that's that's what the coach wants, but man. Three like periods, you, 82 games, George. But uh, as Mike Babcock says, uh, they always start on time. You got to start on time. <laughs> uh, other NHL action last night. Let's jump away from the Flames. They'll get ready for the next game Saturday when they host oh God, the Edmonton Oilers. Other NHL action last night. Lots of games, but only one other Canadian team. The Canadians were hosting the Wild. Cole Caulfield scored his fifth goal of the season in the second to tie it, but the Wild would answer. Pretty good draw, trying to muscle his way in. He's got a step right side. Good pass to Duhame. Dancing it with a shot. He scores! Brandon Duhame's got a two-point night. Beautifully set up by Freddie Goudreau, and the Wild have a 2-1 lead. Brendan Duhame with the game winner. 3-1 the final scores. The Habs lose a game. Elsewhere, the Jackets. Well, they got caved in by the Airs. Is this right? The Coyotes, 6-3 the final score. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Uh, three points each for Clayton Keller and Shane Gostisbehere. The, the inconsequential bowl. Former Flame, Yusuf Valimaki with an assist in that game as well. Oh, great. Two more points for David Pasternak. He's up to 12 on the season as the Bruins beat the Stars 3-1. to one. Uh, There was a shot, a one-timer on the power play that Pasternak scored. It was an absolute laser beam. It was only 88 miles an hour, and I thought of that when Stone's goal. Like, Pasternak looked like he hit that like 100 miles. No, it was only 88, and Michael Stone's shot where he kind of was standing still. And this was like Pasternak had a chance to really yeah, lean yeah. into it. It was only 88, and then I thought later on, I'm like, that Pasternak shot looked like it was a bomb. Stones was way harder. What a slouch. Back-to-back regulation losses for the Stars after they recorded points in their first five games. The Devils doubled up the Red Wings 6-3. to The Avalanche beat the Rangers in a shootout 3-2. to Man, that was such an easy under last night. Which is fitting because it was Georgiev against That's Shesterkin. Right. You knew they were going to be grinding against each other. Six was the total. That, that had underwritten all over it. This guy made that bet. So with the shootout, does that count as five? Yes. Okay. Still right went on. under the total. Uh, Patrick Kane, two points in the first period, helped the Hawks get the best of the Panthers by a score of 4-2 in Chicago. Blackhawks are plucky. They're they're not as bad as we think they are so far. They've just got a bunch of guys that are trying really hard because yeah. they're getting a little bit more opportunity than they probably should. Plucky. Like, did you see the slap shot that Lafferty scored on? Yeah. Just an absolute missile coming down the wing. Why don't I just rip this over the shoulder of Bob? Sure, why not? They win that one 4-2. Uh, elsewhere, some Pacific Division matchups as well. Kraken hosting the Sabres. Buffalo trying to go 4-4 four for four on their Pacific Division road trip. They got shipwrecked down in Seattle. I see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As it skitters around and Vinny Hinnestroza can't get it out. Sprung is sprung. He scores! <laughs> Uh, that's the TV call. I was hoping for the radio call because their radio call really does sound like Duffman from Simpsons. Who wants to party? It's a little effort to try and find some cracking radio calls as but the season that, goes that on. That was Trip Tracy, though. That was it? Trip Tracy, who is an elite broadcaster. Yeah. We love him, and he does a great job on the TV. You think he was pumping his fist when he said Sprong was sprung? Sprong is sprung! Yes! He's like, I got this one ready to go. Might want to clip that. Fire that one out. I don't know how many tucks Sprong is going to have, but we're going to keep that for the next time he has a goal. Elsewhere, uh, the Kings beat the Lightning. That was a 4-2 final. And Phil Kessel set a new Ironman record, skating in his 990th game last night. His goal tonight's hosting the Sharks, and could you script this any better? So for four minutes to play here in the first, still 0-0. Kessel is on it. He's cruising. Kessel breaks in. Shoots! Scores! Number 400 for Phil the Thrill. And the Vegas Golden Knights are up one to nothing. Sharks scored twice in the second, but the Knights came back with three of their own in the third to win it for Phil. Phil? 4-2, your final score. When I think of NHL Iron Man, Mm -hmm. Phil Kessel's now the guy. (laughs) He's the epitome of, you know, a guy who never misses a game. Tough as nails, can block bullets for you. Yeah, keep going. And that's Phil Kessel. Yep, uh uh-huh.
Talk about a record I could care less about in the NHL. I agree. Brent Burns is next at 686. Just like when Patty Marlowe broke the all-time games record. I'm just happy we can The only reason why he did that because he was just hanging on for two or three seasons way longer than he should have been. Because it's all about me, me, me. That was my thing with Gandal. I was like, I, I love the guy as a player and a personality, but those last few years, he was skating like 12 minutes a night. It was like dash like, two. and The, the Cal know. Ripken Ironman streak is way more like in the sports pantheon of records than what just... No, no disrespect to fail the thrill, but meh. Th- yeah. Meh. Meh. I hope he has a very um, excellent year in Vegas, though. Rangers and Islanders tonight at 5.30. Oilers and Blues at 6. Lightning and Ducks at 8. Anything tickling your fancy? Oilers and Blues are playing again? They played Saturday. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Oilers, it's a home and home here. The Oilers are in St. Louis now. Well, the Oilers have played in between, though. So it's not a home and home, but it's kind of like a home and home with a stop in between? It's just the schedule. It's just... Just the worst. Raptors tonight. Hey. Uh, they play the 76ers twice this week. Second time will be Friday. Tonight, uh, it'll go at 5.30. And I uh, wanted to mention this about the World Series before we get to a couple stamps notes real quick. Dave Dickinson going to join us here as well. But the World Series will start on Friday. Phillies fans are crazy stoked. According to MLB and Fanatics, the Phillies set a 24-hour record for LCS winter merchandise sale following their clinch Sunday night to advance to the World Series. The previous 24-hour record had been set by the Cubs in 2016, but Fanatics wouldn't tell us the dollar figure here. The Astros and Phillies also set a 24-hour record for combined ALCS and NLCS winter merch sales combined. But nobody's going to watch that World Series. That's the problem. People are super stoked in Philadelphia and Houston, mm-hmm. but like nationally, meh. I'm going to maybe check in on the games in Philadelphia just to Why, see what like, the crowd is like. But You're only going to watch when it's like the, the clinching game and it's the ninth inning. That's pretty much when you're going to watch. So you can see the celebration on the field. I don't even really care about the celebration okay, right. on the field, <laughs> frankly. Right. Yeah. That's whatever. But at least you're honest about it. Especially if it's the Astros. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll find it on Twitter tomorrow. Whatever. Altuve's, Altuve's wire doesn't get <laughs> messed up during the post-game celebration. Finally, a couple of stamps notes. Derek Wigan given the president's ring, given to the player who is exemplary on and off the field as voted by the players. It's a huge honor. Congrats to the seven-year man, Derek Wigan. This has been handed out 55 years straight. 37 different uh, individuals have taken this home. And running back Diedrich Mills announced as a player of the week. He surpassed 100 yards rushing on 11 carries with his first CFL touchdown as well. Added 22 yards on three catches. Stamps finished the regular season against the Riders Saturday at 6. That's it. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, great job. The Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks. Exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs in a service and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street. Southeast. Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach. Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet and Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff. And we need your help for Brody and the Beat. We'll do that all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.